Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Weekly Blast. The Cardinals are 3-10 and in their last 13 games. One of them was a Vegas miracle. One victory came against the Lions, and the other came against a Panthers team that fired its coach soon thereafter. They haven't won at home in nearly a year. Their fan base is frothing at the mouth, wondering what happened to an owner who once seemed hell-bent on winning, on changing his family's legacy, who had zero tolerance for the ineptitude he is now embracing. In any other NFL city, Cliff Kingsbury would be on the hottest of hot seats this morning. The upcoming game against the Saints on Thursday Night Football would be his last chance cafe. Lose that game and he is gone, surrendering his duties to Vance Joseph, who's a viable alternative and the best head coach currently on the staff at the moment. That's how teams desperate for winning happen to operate in the NFL, but that is not how the Cardinals are acting nor has it been since that playoff debacle in Los Angeles where it seems like everything has been done on the cheap. And if Bidwill is valuing his relationships over winning, there is no coming back from that and there is not a lot of hope I can offer. But at the very least, the owner should demand that somebody else call the plays starting now because Kingsbury is fooling absolutely no one at the moment. Not NFL defenses and certainly not the fans in Arizona who are currently demanding better, who deserve better than this recurring nightmare of an overmatched head coach and his tricycle offense. Today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable at two great locations. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Brenda Martinez had a great opportunity to start her week off with a big win. She didn't call within 10 minutes. Maybe she saw that Cardinal offense yesterday and said, you know, I don't don't really want to go that much. Can I just take the Suns tickets? (laughs) (laughs) That is not an option. So uh, we need to open up the phone lines for somebody else to steal Brenda's prize, Bick. Give me a caller number. Caller number five, Vinny. Caller five right now. 602-260-9870. You will be our Monday primetime winner here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. What that means is tickets to the Wednesday night opener against the Mavericks for the Suns and then Thursday night football against the Saints. And you got a chance to win your choice of a Devin Booker or DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Again, caller five right now at uh, 602-260-9870. Good luck. Uh, great blast. Expected it to be. Your blasts are always good. But, you know, after a, a performance like that, there's always a little bit more. Oof to him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, it's, yeah. And, and you went, you went three and 10 in the last 13 games. Uh, just offensively, six of their last 11 games dating back to last year and including the playoff loss in Los Angeles, Bick, this Cardinals offense has scored 17 points or less in six of the last 11 games. Yeah. In two of their last four games, they've gone 60 minutes of football without scoring an offensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. Something needs to change. Yes. It can't continue to be, we got to get better at that. I got to call better plays. We got to have better execution. No, change something operationally and see what the results yeah. are because this yes. has just gone on too long. I agree with that. And so as a fan base, where are you supposed to find hope? Are you, do, does 
anybody really believe it's magically going to get better or it's suddenly going to kick in and that we'll get back to being the football team that scored 30-plus points and made it look routine for, for a good chunk of last season? Where is that football team, by the way? My theory, very simply, is ever since that start, the Cardinals, including an offseason, you know how it works in the NFL. If you're good and you're an offense that's lighting people up, you're going to get got. That's how good these defensive minds are in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They are dastardly in their ability to to shut down what you are doing offensively. Then you, as the offensive guru, you've got to evolve. You've got to continue to add on to your offense to keep you from being predictable. And I, I'm not sure what's been added on to this offense. Do you see anything that looks different than what we saw last year? Do you see anything that makes this football team look any better than the one that cratered at the end of last year? I don't. It, I do, but it's not good changes. Well, I mean, yeah. we've talked, um, and I think this show was a little ahead of the curve in talking about the horizontal nature of this offense, and that certainly is key. And when you consider the background of Cliff Kingsbury and how he had success in college, mm-hmm. I can't get past the hash marks argument. I believe it was Kyle Vandenbosch who brought it up with us a, f- a few weeks ago that the hash marks being different, you can't take advantage of speedy players running to the long side of the field because the hash marks are different. Right. We'll talk to Kyle coming up at 830 as well. Um, but I think the horizontal nature, the behind the line of scrimmage passing game, the wide receiver screens have only become more prevalent despite the fact that they've worked less frequently. Yeah. There is still nothing resembling verticality in this offense. And I know, yeah, Zach Ertz had a, had a play and they missed a couple of other deep shots. Their, their hit ratio on deep shots is about zero this year. And and that's quite something. And the, and the lack of accuracy from Kyler Murray is is something as well. He used to be known as one of the more accurate throwers of the football. And so I don't know I don't know what is getting lost in translation here, but it's clearly very broken and and I think that really it's it's incumbent upon Michael Bidwell to get this thing fixed because you've got a massive investment in this quarterback and this quarterback has got a ton of individual talent. They have not raised him properly, in my opinion. They've coddled him. They've they've allowed him to feel entitled. Uh, very early on, they said, I'll never forget Cliff coming out and saying, yeah, Kyler's earned the right to have a say in personnel. It's one of the more goofy things I've ever heard. And, and, and yet, this is what they've been doing. Sometimes, as any parent will tell you, it, it, it's not all about coddling. It's not all about making things easy. It's, it's about... T- telling hard truths. It's about actually implementing real plans for progress. And, and I think that is, if, if I were the owner of this football team right now, that is what I would be focusing on. How do I not only preserve this investment, how do I make Kyler Murray into that quarterback, into that dude who should be able to beat that Seahawks defense all by himself? How how do I make that happen? I think in the short term, I, I'm listen. I I believe that Vance Joseph would be certainly a viable alternative if the Cardinals go out and 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 tank another game at home. And now you're over a full year without a victory in Glendale. To me, that that is the time when you owe it to your fan base to say enough. It's almost exactly the same as what ASU did with Herm Edwards. At some point in time, if you want credibility in your product and in your organization, you need to say enough. I don't want to do this. I didn't plan on doing this, but we cannot stand for this a second longer. To me, Vance Joseph's right there. 
And, and but that wouldn't answer your Kyler Murray question. But it doesn't. This, that's a short-term thing to maybe jumpstart the rest of this season. Different voice, new energy, something different. But long-term, you got to fix this. Sean Payton is sitting out. Sean Payton, I would give him whatever he wanted to come in and, t- and take over this franchise. But what are the odds Michael Bidwell is going to do that? Sean Payton's going to want all control. And he'll get it from an owner smart enough to hire him. He will. But again, can you see Michael Bidwell going from, here, Cliff, here's an, uh, a contract extension that's going to keep you employed for a really long time, despite the fact that the team cratered down the stretch last year, to, here, Sean Payton, here's whatever you want to coach this team. No. He's not getting to that point. No. And I don't even think he's getting to that point after the season, unless this thing is just an unmitigated disaster the well, rest of the way. And we're talking about a two and fifteen or three and fourteen football team at the end. It's got to be drastically bad at the end of it. And 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 I don't know if I see that happening, even in that instance. Mm. It's such. I mean, again, go back to the reaction we had when those contract extensions were announced. <laughs> Well, we were feeling correct. We were not out of line. No, no. This is this was not a, this. It didn't make a darn. Don't th- reward people after their worst performance ever. Right. It's a pretty basic rule of thumb. Right. You don't reward people for failure. It's it's just it's just a bad bad look. Yep. It? Caller number five, by the way, was Pedro Soria. Congratulations, Pedro, Pedro our first prime time winner. Yeah. Uh, Wolf and Luke will call out a name sometime today during their show. So if you entered uh, the contest by texting prime time to six twenty six twenty, be sure to be listening for your name sometime between ten and two, and claim those tickets. Great prize uh, this week. Coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals defense played really well and has overachieved this season. But when you got one unit playing well and one not so well, divisions can be created. Is that happening with this football team? We'll explore next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings on this big red Monday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's go. 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 Big Red Monday and Pickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Felt good, you know. <laughs> you know, you can have eight eight sacks, whatever. You can fly all over. You can have picks, pick sixes. The loss is still a loss. You know what I mean? So it's 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 rough. But you know, I thought I I played up up and down. I had a few missed assignments, but stuff we get to fix up tomorrow while watching film. Um, but you know, uh, I thought I thought we played hard as a defense. You know, all those sack, there's like four or five probably that are assisted. So you know, it's not just all me. But there's a lot of a lot of guys are there that are running the ball constantly, so we still got good signs of a healthy defense. Zayvon Collins of the Arizona Cardinals, who led the team with nine tackles, two sacks, first two of his career. Um, played well, had a, had a pass breakup as well in the game. Uh, but there he is talking about you know the progress being made by him individually, by the defense as a whole. There was a lot to like defensively yesterday. Marcus Golden was oh, yeah. more involved than he's been all season long. He had his first sack. Um, the two rookies is really good. The two Thomas rookies and Sanders each had a sack. You talked about Byron Murphy, how he's turned into a shutdown corner. Oh my goodness, uh, Byron Murphy wasn't perfect yesterday, and it was one play. But the the lack of effort on tackling Kenneth Walker on the touchdown run was pretty evident. There wasn't whole much, a lot of effort being. He's made a cover corner, not a tackle corner. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with as good as the defense played, Beck, it, 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 
it sounds desperate and Pollyanna to talk about that side of the ball today because of how bad the offense is. And it's getting to the point, and I'm not saying this is happening. I have no inside institutional knowledge of what's happening in that locker room. But based on history, when you see teams with a very good defense and a very bad offense or vice versa, divisions start. Yes. And it can fracture a whole team. Yep. The most... um, the most egregious example of this in Cardinals history was Buddy Ryan's first year as head coach. The defense was all world, and the offense was just god-awful. Yep. And by midseason, that team had kind of quit on each other, and it bled over into the next season. I don't know if that's happening. I'm just saying the elements are there for that to happen. Yeah, listen, I, I, I would think so as well. I think that the defense, is, they deserve a lot of respect. I did not expect this unit to play at this level, um, but, I, but I think there's a lot of reasons why, and there's a lot of individual victories on that defense, starting with Vance Joseph. They had five sacks yesterday, so a team that could not sack the quarterback did what they had to do. To, to generate some pressure and some takedowns of a quarterback who's kind of mobile. And so I, I've got nothing but respect for the way the defense is playing. The fact that they have balled out to the point where teams are struggling to score 20 points on them, this should be, this should be a revelation for this team. They should be 5-1 right now based on how well the defense has per- overperformed and overachieved. Uh-huh. You remember, if, uh, going into this year, I, I, I couldn't believe how little money they allocated on defense. And, and, and I thought people who were being optimistic about the defense were out of their minds. And yet, it's come true. Yeah. They've, they're playing with a lot of preparation and a lot of togetherness. Everything that the offense is not doing. An average offense wins those three games against the Rams, Eagles, and Seahawks. Exactly. Average offense. Exactly. And if, you're, if your bar for success is average, that should be a bar that is reached without question. Mm-hmm. With the talent that this team has on offense. Even without... DeAndre Hopkins. And I know Rodney Hudson didn't play, but it seems like when Rodney Hudson is out and DeAndre Hopkins is out, this team doesn't have a chance to win which going is, back to last yeah, year. Yeah, which is kind of crazy, really, when you think about it. And, it is, and, too, and, because I don't, I don't think Rodney Hudson has been everything as, as advertised when he got to town. He's good. Yeah, he's good. But he hasn't played up to you know Pro Bowl potential or All-Pro level. No, I yes that that and so and clearly the depth of the offensive line is not where it needs to be for it for that for the unit to fall apart the way they did. Keep in mind when Rodney Hudson was thinking about retiring, yes. and they didn't go and get anybody. So I mean, Sean Harlow might have might have been the starting center, and he was up. He was yeah. pushed backwards. Constantly yesterday. Yeah, they drafted a tight end in the second round. Yeah, and they drafted a tight end in the second round who is still making terrible mental errors whenever he's put on the. Yeah, field. you noticed Trey McBride yesterday, but because of a false start penalty. Yeah, in a big in a big spot. That's why you noticed him. So you know, I, I I give a lot of respect to the defense. They're giving this team a chance. They're 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 continuing to fight. And like you said, those signs of division have not seeped in yet. I've seen many examples of teams where that happens because playing football is hard. It hurts. And and if you put down that kind of effort in a game and you do not get rewarded because the other side of the ball is not competent, well, that's when you get Buddy Ryan going up and trying to punch Kevin Gilbride on the sidelines in Houston. That's the kind of thing you're talking mm-hmm. about. And it hasn't happened yet. And I think I give Vance Joseph a lot of credit for that. For not punching Cliff Kingsbury? <laughs> got a winner in town. Yeah, there you go. There so you then, go. Who on the team would you look to if division starts to happen? Who would you look to on both sides of the ball to, to stop it in its tracks? 
Well, I think J.J. Watt would be an obvious answer Buda to that. Baker. And then then offensively, probably, you know, it, it seems to me that offensively, Kelvin Beecham and Justin Pugh seem to be the, the sturdiest leaders on that side of the football. I think that's the reason maybe there hasn't been the division is because the leaders of this team are on the defensive side. Mm -hmm. J.J. Watt and Buda Baker, like you said, probably the two biggest locker room leaders on the team. Right. But at the same time, when a defense plays like they did, even yesterday, and and again, to me, one of the biggest shows of disrespect out of yesterday's game was how Pete Carroll just throttled back his offense and played as conservative as you could imagine. He was probably loving that yesterday. Oh, this that was his kind of football game. But but to be confident that that offense has got nothing that I'm worried about. So He's I'm like, just, we're not going to have to win a shootout here. No, Let's he, get the lead and no, we'll hold it. That's, that's it. it. That's it. And, and that tells you, if you think the rest of the NFL has figured out Cliff and his offense, which they clearly have, in my opinion, then it, the, the problem's even, it's doubled in the division where these coaches have had double the exposure against it. I don't, I don't think for a minute any of these guys in this division have any qualms when they play the Cardinals. They need, and this is what's got to get addressed. There's too much talent on the offensive side even without DeAndre Hopkins, Mm -hmm. to be struggling the way that they've been struggling. And I fear what I said last week again, uh, that we'll never see this receiving core together. We might, I mean, we don't know what the deal is. Hollywood Brown said yesterday the x-rays were good, but you don't know how much time he's going to miss. Quick quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to see DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown on the field together as as dual threats, in in, in my opinion, in the next few weeks. That that injury looked pretty nasty. Yeah, he didn't react well to it. It That was not something where I think he's going to be up and at him and and in uniform on Thursday, which is kind of a bummer Mm -hmm. because this team is putting a lot into this return of DeAndre Hopkins. But to me, (laughs) this is the last card they have to play. By the way, how much pressure is on DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a guy I think that is equipped to handle that kind of stuff because he likes, you know, a, a, a lot heaped on, but goodness gracious. Once Hop gets back, everything will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can text your thoughts to the uh, FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Uh, coming up next, we'll continue to talk Cardinals and their loss with to the Seattle Seahawks, and we'll do it with Kyle Vandenbosch straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings on this Big Red Monday, live from the Auction Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. In my opinion, worst loss of the season. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. He didn't play great against the Rams for sure. Had a chance last week to force overtime, missed a kick. You started this game out well, scoring in your first drive, but you didn't didn't have any offensive points since that opening possession. It was a rough watch for this offense again. As always, well summed up by Dave Pash, the voice of the Cardinals. He called it the worst loss of the season, 19-9 to the Seattle Seahawks. We continue Big Red Monday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings by welcoming a member of the Cardinals broadcast team, Kyle Vandenbosch, to the show. Kyle joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Kyle. How are you? I'm okay. Um, still recovering from the, the post-game call-in show. I, I think even I got fired last night, so it's been rough. <laughs> they need to fire everybody. Oh, Greeley, Vandenbosch, oh, out. That uh, is so funny. But, 
Uh, that's oh, I the bet that was. I bet you that that was just a joy, huh? Yeah, yeah. man, it's positive, positive. Everybody's pretty certain we're going to play our way out of this right now. Yeah, um, I'll start with what Dave Pash said in that soundbite coming in. His, in his opinion, the worst loss of the year. I'm in agreement there. Do you agree with that as well, Kyle? I do. I do. Um, I mean. Uh, I, I didn't. I, I talked about this game leading up to it, and it wasn't going out on a limb to say that this, uh, you know, was the get-right game for the offense. I mean, Seattle's defense was was horrid all season, and um, you know they couldn't play to stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't tackle. They uh, had no answers, and um, we we made them look good. And I, I think the best tweet I saw after the game was that this offense is fully primed for a Thursday night game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it yeah. certainly looked like Thursday night on Sunday afternoon. All right, from a yeah, exactly. from a former defensive uh, uh, defensive lineman standpoint, wh- what do you think is going on with this offense? Where where do they go now to get under the hood and try to fix this thing before before the season just spirals spirals down the drain? Well, you know, a lot of the narratives prior to this game was, you know, you know, trying to figure out the offensive struggles, particularly early in the game. But um, Kyler was fairly exempt from criticism. Um, I, I didn't see that. Um, you know, Kyler was a part of the problem um, with the offensive struggles most of this year. He's been, you know, I heard you guys talking earlier, um, you know, one of the things he has shown through his first few years in the league was incredible down the field accuracy. Um, and it is not there. I mean, there was probably five balls on, on passes that were not difficult passes. I mean, I understand a lot of the deep balls along the sidelines sometimes are difficult, but there was crossing routes and, and post patterns with receivers running wide open in the middle of the field and just missing on the easy passes. And, um, you know, there was even a couple of times where Zach Ertz had to contort his body in, in uh-huh. crazy ways to, to make pretty amazing catches on, on pretty routine throws. And um, a lot of it is, is, you know, I'm, I'm no quarterback expert by any means, but a lot of it just looks like fundamentals. I mean, just bad footwork, even with a clean pocket, um, falling back, not stepping into throws. Um, it, you know, I had a uh, I had dinner with a friend of mine who who works for the Eagles, and he talked to me about how Jalen Hurts this offseason um, is so eager to improve every facet of his game. He spent a month in California with Tom House and worked on his mechanics. And, and you know, the, I think the thing that concerned me, you know, you, with hearing sometimes you read between the lines and sometimes you don't have to, but Kyler said um, a couple of weeks ago, he's, he said, you know, players need to adjust to how I play. They need to keep their head on a swivel, basically pushing any blame for any of the issues that have happened with this offense on everybody else saying, I'm good. I'm not going to change how I'm doing things. Everybody else needs to adjust what they do. And, and when you're the franchise quarterback, man, You've got to be fully into leading the right way. And, you know, you also heard after that Eagles game, um, Kyler Murray say, well, we just need to practice harder. Well, you know, that's tough to hear from a guy that was basically absent from the entire offseason um, when he's telling other guys they need to invest more time and, 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 and work harder to make this thing work. It's great stuff. Kyle yeah, Vandenbosch, Cardinals Radio Broadcast Team, are a member or on our show here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. 
Uh, we talked about this possibility. We've seen it happen before in the NFL, and I'd love to get your perspective as a former defensive player, Kyle, about you know um, you know fractures in, in the locker room when you got a, a defense that's overachieving like the Cardinals' defense is right now. They had very little in terms of expectations on them. The offense had all the expectations, and they failed miserably. Do you see kind of the the, the beginnings of a fracture, and if so, what what can the Cardinals do to to prevent that from happening? Um, I, I'm not seeing it fully, um, but again, you can sometimes read between the lines. I mean, uh, directly after the game, uh, Paul Calvisi interviewed Zayvon Collins, and um, he was asking Zayvon some questions about the offense, and Zayvon just, his, you know, his answers, which, you know, is the right way to answer was, well, I can only speak for the defense. I can only speak from my side of the ball where, you know, you're not answering questions as a team. And, and I get that. You don't want to speak for the offense, but at the same time, it's it, it's becoming us and them instead of the whole team. And that can be um, difficult. And it can be, uh, you know, oftentimes it's, it's unpreventable, you know, especially – it's it's less you know look the defense is to a degree overachieving but the defense is executing um what the defense is doing you know there's not a lot of star power on the defensive side of the ball but it is 11 players executing a Vance Joseph game plan and nobody is out of position everybody's doing their job and it's getting the job done whereas on offense there's just breakdowns all over the place and it's just a lack of execution and um so in order to fix it, it, it's just got to be guys uh, doing their job. And, and, you know, I get so the the answers again, coming out of this locker room, um, it seems like every time they lose is, well, we've got to pay more attention to detail. We've got to practice harder. We've got to do better in practice. And then, um, you know, you roll into a week leading up to a Seahawks game and, and you turn it into a walkthrough on a Wednesday. I don't, I don't understand that. And, you know, some of the things I'm seeing on offense, you know, you don't practice things until you get it right. You practice things until you can't get it wrong. And what you're seeing, um, like Kyler Murray, you get first in, or second and one from the one-yard line, mm-hmm. and it's it's a four-yard loss. But there was no other options. You know, how do you call a play like that without having at least a second option, whereas if this doesn't work, you can go here. And then the rub route, well, the safety jumps it, so there's three defenders there. You know, so Kyler kind of dirts it and yeah. throws it in a hurry. Whereas if he waited a split second, you've got Hollywood Brown in the back of the end zone. I think back earlier in the season where Greg Dortch got picked or got tripped up on a play and it blew up the whole play because there was no second option. And I don't know if that's because the offense is designed. There's only one receiver that's going to get the ball in this play and there is no second option or they need to simplify it to the point that Kyler, here's your one read. Um, and and it's, if it's there, you got to take it. You know, I, it's just like if you watch that game last night, um, you know, I realize it was on the same time as the Cardinals, but it, it was the Chiefs Bills. There's so many times a play breaks down for both Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes, but they always have a second, third, fourth answer that if, if their primary receiver or how the play is designed breaks down, um, you have other options. Yeah. Kyle, Great stuff, money Kyle. as yeah. always, man. Appreciate you appreciate joining us this candor, morning. man. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank See you, Kyle, Kyle Vandenbosch, Cardinals Radio uh, broadcaster, our guest on the Arizona Sports Line. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, 
People keep talking about changing things for a better outcome. Is change actually possible with the Arizona Cardinals? We'll get into those possibilities next. It's Bickley and Murata on this big red Monday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Here we go! Click! Yeah! Big red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, I, I have a feel for it, but not until you turn on the tape, really, can you see exactly how, how it went down. But there's certain things that, like I said, um, if I make a bad call, I know it immediately. And then there's certain things that we execute a certain way in practice that don't look the same out there. You know that uh, immediately as well. It's Cliff Kingsbury yesterday. A little bit different tone. Has a feel for what went wrong. I guess that's progress. Is that progress? Yes. Rather okay. than I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, if uh, you could mark off, I'll need to look at the tape on your Cliff Bingo card that uh, was created by Joe Como, Cardinals fan, that's making its way around the it's uh, pretty funny around the uh, internet today. Uh, change has to happen. Uh, you know, there, th- we know there's going to be one ingredient of change on Thursday night, and that is the presence of, of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, the offense has looked. Rudderless, basically, without him since since he got injured the second time last year. Six-game suspension. Uh, The Cardinals had plenty of time offensively to scheme ways around his absence, and you see the results. Two games in the last four without an offensive touchdown. Um, It's... I mean... there's a lot of stuff that Kyle Vandenbosch said last segment yes. that, I, that I think demands uh, revisiting. And, and again, we're not absolving Kyler Murray from his performance yesterday. He missed uh, a number of throws that could have been game changers. Uh, even even though he was a willing runner yesterday, which he hasn't always been, he had a key fumble. So he does bear a lot of blame for what went down yesterday. But when you think about this thing moving forward and you think about how do we get this thing fixed, one of the things things that, that Kyle brought up was the fact that they ran through a walkthrough on a Wednesday and this idea that we're going to keep our football team fresh so we don't collapse again in the second half of the season and the way we're going to do it is by not practicing. There's no correlation in my mind that going easy on guys in practice is going to keep them healthy in the back end of the season. What it's going to make you do, it's going to make you look really unprepared. So as, as Sarah pointed out, those games in the back half of the season, they might not mean anything. And, and so there's that. I, I've I've always wondered about why this idea of a Veterans Day off on Wednesday, why is that so inviolate? Why is that so important to the head coach that he keeps offering it to his players, even when his team is underperforming? You don't reward underperforming players. Well, the way Kyle put it, too, was... This constant, you know, beating of the drum on Sundays after losses about, wow, oh, we got to practice harder, practice habits need to improve, mm-hmm. and this and that. And then to follow that up with no practice on Wednesdays, it, 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 it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And I get the health factor of all of it, but that to me is, is more, I view it as public relations and kind of a, a carrot to, mm-hmm. to people who might want to play for the Cardinals. Veterans are, you know, if I go to Arizona, I only have to practice twice a week. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. The, and, and again, when you start talking, yes, I do agree with that. And I think that that's part of one of the fundamental issues with this team and this regime. The lack of real fear, the lack of real accountability. 
As Kyle pointed out, you know, it, we, we've heard stories of what Josh Allen does during his off seasons and how he just dedicates himself. He goes and works out with uh, Carson Palmer's brother, just dedicates himself to the position. Jalen Hurts did the same thing. Kyle Vandenbosch is dead on about that. Part of the reason why Jalen Hurts is having this bust out season is he's made this happen for himself at some point in time somebody needed to communicate this to kyler murray that dude you ain't all that anymore and and if you want to be all that if you really want to be the player you say you want to be it's going to take more than you're giving it and and who's who's told him that has he heard that from somebody? No, he just signed a $230 million contract, which yeah. just speaks very loudly to, hey, we think you're all that. But, dot, 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 you got to study four yeah. extra hours away mm-hmm. from the facility every week. Look, we, anybody, we certainly felt it during the offseason with the way things went after the playoff loss. And anybody who felt similarly to us, hate to say it, we were all right. The way the Cardinals handled the offseason is leading to what we're seeing now. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And and this has been this has been one just really haggard episode after another after another after another. Everything done out of not anger, if you will, but it's it's I've heard from a lot of people who say the the lack of connection between Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury is just jumping off the television screen now. That these two can walk by each other and not even have eye contact. And they've had little blow-ups. And then Kyler Murray goes to and sits on the end of the bench and there's nobody talking to him. And there was a couple of things that the camera showed yesterday that, that are still strange to me. First, on, on, on the coaching standpoint, even when the Cardinals are on defense and the camera's pan to Cliff Kingsbury, he's looking at his offensive play call sheet. Like, in, desperate to find the next play that's going to work. Mm-hmm. So there's that lack of connection with the defense from the head coach, which I always think is strange. I thought it was strange when Todd Graham was so detached from the offense as ASU's head coach that he didn't even watch the offensive plays. Plenty of times he was talking to the defense on the bench while the offense had the ball. I think that's weird. On the quarterback side of things, I think it's very strange that Kyler Murray, after being given the vote of confidence with a new contract, a guy whose leadership has been questioned in in the past, Man, when things don't go right for him, it is very evident. And he's detached on the sidelines. Again, I'm only saying what I saw in a couple yeah. of camera yeah. shots, but I've had other people mention it to me as well. When he's sitting by himself, slumped over with bad body language and his head down, instead of trying to be the positive, let's turn this around kind of leader, or even the fiery get in the face of the offensive line like we saw from Tom Brady yesterday. Yeah, I don't know if he's got that in him. But man, that body language is just a beacon of uh oh. Yeah, isn't it? Right, it is. And so, uh, so again, there's got to be a change. There, this this cannot be a long term plan. What we're seeing now, because it's it's just you know rinse repeat whole thing. What's what's the actual saying? Wash, rinse, repeat. Is that okay? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Lather, rinse, repeat. That's it. Lather, rinse, repeat. That's For goodness' what- sakes, you can't start by washing. <laughs> you have to lather. <laughs> Washing, lathering, they're cousins. <laughs> that is true. They are cousins. I trust Bickley knows how to take a shower. Yes. Yeah. It's one of, it's, uh, one of the few things I can do. What are the, so again, it's just, it's, and, and I think this is the disconnect here. The disconnect is, is why, why is this being tolerated? What, what, who thought this was a good idea and why, why 
Not just, toler- Michael- not just tolerated, rewarded. Why was Michael Bidwell so quick to reward Steve Keim? And Cliff Kingsbury, it just it's it doesn't make any sense. There's no going back, and, and there's no. It no. makes no sense to me no. either. It made no sense when it happened. Uh, it necessitated the contract extension, and I remember saying that in real time too. It's like now you got to give Kyler Murray a contract. They've tied these guys all together. Uh, yeah. It looks like a mistake right now, but here's here's why change needs to happen. And I get it. Cliff Kingsbury was given this job. And given that vote of confidence based on his ability to craft an offense and call plays. And that's not working. And his strength has not been the CEO duties and the overseer of a, of a professional football team. Yeah. So I can see people saying, well, why, why take the play calling away from him if he's not good at the other parts of the job? Because the results are not palatable right now. Right. And, and it might be a temporary thing. I believe, I'll say this again, I said it to you earlier in the show, Cliff Kingsbury... He's got the coaching version of the yips. He's in his own head. Mm-hmm. He's much better than what we're seeing. Now, is he the end-all, be-all of play callers? I don't believe that either. But he has shown the ability in the first three-plus years of his career in the NFL to be much better at managing games, calling plays, Scoring, and producing, acts, points. producing points producing than he's offense. been. So yeah. something, it, it's a temporary change. Let somebody else call the plays. Uh, listen, for a week. I'm uh, you. That I would be fine with that. If you look back and read the quotes that Kyler Murray said after the Spencer Whipple game in Cleveland, where they scored 37 points on the road, it was all about wow. He kept it aggressive and he got us in rhythm. And bam, 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 it was over. I, 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 I agree with you. I, I think, I think more severe measures are necessary. But I've thought that a while, for a while now mm-hmm. about this head coach. Yeah, yeah. But, but in terms of a short term measure, I'd sign me up for that. Try something different. We are going primetime this week as we're giving you the chance to win tickets to both the Suns home opener on Wednesday and Thursday night football. Just text primetime to 620-620. Listen for your name all day. Plus one lucky winner each day will win their choice of either a book jersey or a D-hop jersey. That's primetime to 620-620. Coming up next, we hit the 9 o'clock hour. Can't wait to hear the results of social studies with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Big Red Monday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.